This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you here on this wonderful episode of Acquired Tastings. We are in a liquor week and we are in a ramp up for you going to Italy, isn't that right, Dad? Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, and well, I would hope so. You're going yeah. to Italy in just about a month. Well, about well, when this comes out, it'll be about two weeks. That's right. And so, since since Dad's going to Italy, we're going to kind of follow him on this journey to get ready to go to Italy. And the next three episodes are all going to be Italian based. All right. This one is Italian liqueurs or liquors. Dad, what are you doing this week, and what are your pairings? I'm doing Villa Massa Limoncello, and I have I have some really light snacks, and I'll explain that later. I have Parmesan crisp. I have Guerriere crisp, and then I have Italian cream cake. Oh, I was wondering if Italian cream cake was going to make a make an appearance for you because I know you love it. Well, it's not mom's. <laughs> well, <laughs> this yeah. is store-bought, so we'll see if it's any good. I'm sure it'll be just fine. And for me this week, I know uh, if you listened in last week, I said I was going to be doing either Aperol or Tuca. Well, the liquor store I went to happened to be out of Aperol and as well as Tuca. So I have, I'm on my third backup here, but it's kind of in the same family. I'm doing Amaro Montenegro. And then my pairings, I have some homemade lemon and strawberry biscotti. I have some dark chocolate and then some apple blossoms. Homemade biscotti? Yeah, I made them, I made them myself. Oh, I was going to say, I bet Miss Jordan made No, them. she didn't. I actually, this week, I actually made them. So Awesome. So they're going to, they're, they're really good if I do say so myself. But before we get into that, we have to talk about last week's blind. Yeah, what was it? <laughs> so, Did you blind it or I blinded well, it? Oh, it was a beer, beer wasn't it? It was a beer, so you blinded it. Do you remember what I, you said it was? I blinded it, and I had a lot of fruit flavors, and it sort of had a little bit of a sour taste to it. So it was a beer. You said maybe that I had tasted it, and when we revealed it to each other, I hadn't tasted that one. Yeah. But... Uh, it was, I was getting some raspberries, I was getting some lemon, maybe a little orange peel. So what was it, Josh? Yeah, so you called it a, a fruited sour ale with uh, raspberry and citrus, and it was, you were very close. It was the Rainbow Connection Sherbert Ale from Lost 40 and Flyway. They did a collaboration and they used locally made Rainbow Sherbert to help make this sour beer that went to proceeds went to Little Rock in Arkansas Pride. Oh, great. So it yeah. was, but it's a good beer, isn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's slightly sour, but you have all those flavors and you know, if you ever ate, you know, the out of the big old tub rainbow sherbet as a kid, it would it reminds oh, yeah. you of mm-hmm. it reminds you of right. that. But it's locally made from Loblolly here in town. Well, I'm glad I got half credit on that one. I was struggling with it. <laughs> yeah, you did you did very well with that. So but all right, so we're going to go ahead and head into this again, and this week we're actually going to be starting with Dad's Liquor. So Dad, remind us what it is and your pairings. Well, it's Limoncello, and it's made by Villa Massa. It's Italian, of course. They have their location close to Napa. It's the Serrano area, and they use... To Napa. 
Not Napa. What did I say? You said you said Napa. Now you got me hunting to make sure I said it right. Well, they're in they're in Sorrento, which is in Sorrento. Yeah, city overlooks the Napa Bay. The Nap- okay. Naples. Naples. I mean, Bay. Uh, I said Napa. <laughs> Naples. The Naples Bay. <laughs> All right, let me start over. Yeah, it's a Sorrento city, and where they're located looks over the Naples Bay. Okay, cool. So it's up on that kind of up in the hills outside of Naples. Yeah, so yeah, cool. And they started in 1890, so they've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Now back to my snack. I just have some real easy cheese crisp one is the parmigiano and the other one is guerrero and the way you do those is you just you just shred the cheese up put it on parchment paper put it in the oven for like 350 degrees for like three to five minutes you kind of got to keep checking on it otherwise it will burn and all it does is it just kind of melds that cheese in into like a almost like cracker yeah now, you can actually make cheese crackers as well, and that's a big Italian hit, too. Oh, yeah, that would be really good. You know, the, the Parmigiano crackers mm-hmm. or cookies is probably a big hit. Now, the reason I chose these is limoncello is really one of two things, or both. It's an aperitif right. or it's a dessert. And so you really don't have to put food with it. Yeah, that's one of the things about most liquor liquors in, that come from Italy, they're meant to be just drank by themselves, either as an aperitif, which, you know, if you're thinking about words, aperitif sounds like appetizer. So it's kind of a wake up for your, for your palate and everything, or as a dessert or what's called a digestif. Yeah. A digestif is an after dinner drink to help you help aid in digestion. Yeah. So, and then I have the Italian cream cake. So, we kind of got both worlds going. Oh, we yeah. Got the early and we got the late. Yep. Nothing in between. Yep. This is a beautiful, it's a beautiful looking limoncello. It's pale, bright pale yellow. You know, it's, you can kind of see through it. It almost looks like, it almost looks like you see stuff that's like radioactive in movies. Mm-hmm. That bright yellow. I wonder if that's what they use. What, a radioactive? No. <laughs> no, if movies use stuff like limoncello to make those, to have those actually as, as prop. Because it is, it's got that like really light yellow color. It's it's very, it's quite viscous. So we're drinking these out of aperitif glasses. Um, and aperitif glasses are kind of, they're shorter, kind of short wine wine glasses that flare out at the top. And this is just kind of the traditional glass for uh, dis- or, uh, drinks like these and it smells of beautiful lemon yeah and these these type of lemons have a rating which I had never really heard of they call it PGI mm-hmm. it's a protective geographical indication is what that means and so they're really protecting this area where these lemons are grown yeah do you know how they make it, Josh? Well, I mean, I know how it can be made. I don't know how particularly they make it. Well, I think they tr- they they do the traditional way. So the the traditional thing 
that surprised me is they only use the peel. Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought we would have the juices, but they don't. They just peel these up and, you know, in the picture here on the on their website, it looks like almost like lemon spaghetti because it's little bitty peels that are probably only an eighth to a quarter of an inch wide. Yeah. And this, so this region of Italy is, is kind of where limoncello started. They're like two, there are kind of two main places for limoncello. One is Sorrento and the other one is Sicily. Now they both grow lemon trees. And when I was in, when I was in Italy on my trip, we were able, we actually stayed in Sorrento when we visited Naples and the Pompeii area. And there are just lemon trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like people's yards lining the streets. And, yeah. you know, they're they're known for this. There's also a little island that's often happily called Capri. They are also well known for great limoncello. And this is this is a really good one. It's It's really viscous because you have it super cold. Yes. So when I looked up, you know, what temperature do you serve it? First thing that popped up was just take it out of the bottle and pour it. Right. But the way I've always had it and the way this is, is like ice cold. So I put, I put this bottle in the freezer yeah. last night. Let it, you know, it doesn't freeze. I'd have to double check, but I think it's 30% ABV. Yeah. So it's got plenty of alcohol in it, so it's not going to freeze. But it got very, very cold. Right. And that's the way, to us, the way you serve it. Yeah. So one thing about chilling it down, and this goes for chilling any type of beverage, it will kind of dull the flavors a little bit of it. But this, to me, brings out a little bit, when it's this cold, it brings out some of that. It's not like it, it's zest, but it's not. It's, you know, if you if you have the layer, like the initial layer of zest that you have, and then there's that lighter color before you get to the pith. It's just a little bit more bitter. It's kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting. And with the Parmesan crisp, it's it's absolutely delicious. Because that's that earthy, earthiness of the Parmesan, or actually this is the Gruyere. That earthy funk. There's, yeah, the small one is the Yeah, the earth. Oh, it's the Parmesan? The smallest one. Okay, so the one that you just ate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that earthiness of the Parmesan kind of in the saltiness goes really well with that lemon and kind of brightens it up a little bit. Now, you do notice the alcohol. Oh, yeah. In this, and that's something else that happens when you super chill something. You'll kind of notice the alcohol mm-hmm. a little bit more. It's kind of in your face. Yeah, but it's very pleasant. Now, yeah. if you've never had limoncello before, just know when you first taste it a couple of times, it's going to remind you of like nail polish remover because, <laughs> because that alcohol is usually a little bit more present. But if you just think, okay, it's a process that, that, uh, ethyl, uh, acetyl alcohol kind of, mm-hmm. a kind of flavor and notice it's, it's there, but that lemon is also just carrying it through. It's almost like lemon syrup. It's so viscous. Almost. So you were talking about the the history of limoncello, and the history that I read was there were some nuns in the 1600s 
and that's how they that's how it really got started 1600s i'm not sure where santa rosa is in relation to Sorrento. i'd have to look it up i'd have to look it up too i didn't but it was like these nuns you know we've noticed that nuns the priesthood yeah, they're making a lot of different drinks well yeah because the, you know they had land and you know they they had all this land for their monasteries and all of that and you know parishioner support was not was not enough a lot of these places they have tenets of hard work and labor so they would create products based off of what they had so i bet that this area had a bunch of lemon this mm-hmm. nunnery or I'm not sure what the convent. convent, that's the word I was looking for. The convent had a bunch of lemon trees on it. They had some knowledge of distilling. And they were like, oh, well, why don't we use this natural product that we have to make something and then sell it for gain so that we can put back into the convent? I mean, that's what monks did with beer and wine. Now, wine they also made for the sacrament. Mm -hmm. But they also would sell it for profit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do cheeses, I mean, all sorts of stuff. So, I, I would assume... Well, in those early days, the water wasn't good, so they were making the wine to to drink. Right. And for the sacraments and to sell. That's why a lot, in a lot of places that you see movement, when monasteries jumped in, they're, they're making wine because they're not shipping for the sacrament. They just come too far from Rome, so they just make right. their own. Right. You know who Rick Steves is? I do know who Rick Steves okay. is. Okay. His quote is, limoncello, when life gives you lemons. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. great. So, uh, there was a restaurant in Little Rock, and it was called the Italian Couple. And the first Italian couple sold it to another Italian couple, so they didn't have to change the name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It no longer is uh, in Little Rock. It's fallen on bad times long before COVID. But they made their own limoncello. Wait, was it the Lombard, Lombardi's? Yes. Lam- mm-hmm. Or Lambert's. Lombardi? It's Lombardi, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I was able to have it once or twice before it stopped, before they stopped creating it. Now, I, when I, I Googled, and if we, we've talked about other things before, you know, if, you want to make your own limoncello, <laughs> you can do it because there's a DIY of how to make it. Well, most of these liquors are, and I'm assuming this one is, you haven't really talked about its process yet, but it's a soak, it's a soak job. So you have a distillate, you have an alcohol base that you're soaking <laughs> these limit, these exactly. lemons in, and they may add some more sugar and some water to, to get it to the the proper uh, ABV level. And so things like that, you can just make at home because you don't actually have to have a still to make the distillate. You actually right. you just buy it. Yeah. You go buy some vodka or, you know, that moonshine or has got some, uh, <laughs> I would moonshine not, or Everclear. I would not suggest Everclear. No, I don't either, but, uh, it was on this, it was on this <laughs> DIY recipe. I would go buy, Honestly, I would go buy moonshine. I would find a good moonshine in the store. Even that like Pimax moonshine that we tried a while back, mm-hmm. that you blinded me on. Yeah, that could be a good because it's 
fairly it's fairly level in its flavor and i think it could be just a good addition to so have you tried the gruyere yet with it i haven't been talking too much i guess so the gruyere isn't as uh, it doesn't come up as crisp oh, no. as the parmesan done it has it has more fat in it since it's not aged as long mm-hmm. and that that fat just kind of coats that lemon mm-hmm. and it's also it's also warming up so it's it's getting more of the lemon flavor to come out mm-hmm. and this cheese is a little bit brighter mm-hmm. than the the full earthiness of the of the parmesan and it just it go, it goes really well you know i could see somebody who really likes limoncello or likes a sweeter beverage mm-hmm. really liking this with some like like shrimp oh yeah i could just bro. see like mm-hmm. maybe not a shrimp boil maybe not like a low country boil where the shrimp's really spicy but just like a shrimp cocktail that lemon or even like it's gonna sound really strange but lobster Mm-hmm. That bright lemony flavor could go well, or even oh, what about with some fried calamari? Oh yeah, I think that would be good because anything where you would like squeeze lemon on top, I just think it would, I think it would go really well with. It. So these these lemons that they grow are in fertile volcanic soil. It's a microclimate area like everywhere else. Well, and so. The microclimate that they're talking about there is Sorrento is actually pretty high elevation for being on the coast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it looks down over. Well, mm-hmm. Naples, you know, Naples is basically at sea level, but Sorrento is probably a couple hundred feet above sea level. I think so. And if for our people who know history, we're talking around the same region as Mount Vesuvius. Okay. With right. Pompeii and everything. So you do have a lot of that volcanic soil, which breeds uh, something about volcanic soil makes really great citrus. Seems to. Because, yeah. you know, we've got here that does this, you know, Sicily, Capri does great lemons, but also in the shadow of Mount Edna in Sicily is where blood oranges come from. Right. So it's just a, it, it's a great soil for that. I'm not sure about when it comes to wine. I think it's too hot. Most volcanic soils are too hot or too cold. I think so. Yeah, yeah. For for wine production, but it, you know, it's probably about twenty five minutes outside of Naples. So if you ever go to Naples, you can easily make a day trip up to Sorrento. Mm, are you guys yeah. going down that far? Are you guys going down that far south on this I trip? I don't think so. I think as far south that you guys are as far south as you go is Rome. I think right because mm-hmm. you guys yeah, are we're flying into Rome and then you're going up to. Pisa, Cinque Terre, and then back down to kind of Florence before. Well, no, you're going up farther too, aren't you? Yeah, you told us about some that's right. We'll, we'll, in the north. we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll we'll talk about that during the chat next week during uh during cocktails. I don't want to. Yeah, I want to cover up. Well, one of the things they do, and I'd never heard of this, is they grow the oval lemons of the Sorrento under protection of these pagodas, so they make these handmade chestnut wood straw mat coverings so that the sun isn't bearing down so they grow slower and that makes i guess that makes these lemons so much better makes them sweet so it makes them sweeter they have more time to develop the sugars 
Well, and they and the other thing is they get four harvests a year. Wow, that's incredible. Four, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's part of that microclimate because, I mean, citrus only. You may get one, maybe two, out of a citrus tree, out of a citrus grove if you're in that perfect, kind of in that perfect microclimate, right. in those perfect climates. But plus, they're hand picking, so they're picking them probably at the perfect ripeness. Oh yeah. And then they they hand peel them. They put them into the liquor and then for several months and then for several months? That's wow. It, yeah. And then they strain it like four times. <laughs> so even on the bottle, we're talking about the serving, I'm I'm staring at the bottle. Yeah. Cuz I'm looking at it. It says best served ice cold. Yeah. So, you know, I, th- you know, as we're going through this, you know, I think here in America, we have a hard time because there are things we're supposed to like, and there are things we, sh- we would actually probably like more. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I talked about it with rum, mm-hmm. how I think if more Americans tried good, good rums, I think they so would like them more than bourbon. Yeah. I think this is another liqueur that gets the shaft in the United oh, States. So? Well, I, where where yeah, do you when, see yeah, it? Yeah, when have we ever bought it? Yeah. yeah, well, not even just bought it. If you go out to a restaurant or a bar, right. how many of them are going to have limoncello? That's true. Maybe. Yeah, that's what made this Italian couple restaurant really yeah. nice because they made their own and you could, you could buy it, have it that night. Well, and, you know, maybe, maybe an Italian restaurant is going to have and limoncello on the list as a dessert, but the servers may not even know to try and serve it. You know, I a friend of mine and I, who I actually went to Italy with, back, gosh, this is back a long time ago, when um, she was living up in northeast Arkansas, and her and I met in Memphis one day, and we went out to dinner. We went out to an Italian restaurant, and the waiter actually knew to say, hey, you know, would you like a little after dinner drink? We have some great limoncello. And actually said we have some great limoncello mm. on our list. And we both perked up because we knew about Capri limoncello and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. And it was just a perfect little end to a meal because we're going to see a very different after dinner drink when we go to my drink. Mm-hmm. Because mine is a bitter. It's more of a bitter drink. And I think in the summer... Yeah. Is, or in, you know, the hot falls that we have or hot springs. Mm-hmm. This would be a great dessert drink. I mean, okay. even just pour it over some vanilla ice cream. You know, what I was talking about. The, just, just kind of kick it up a little bit. When I was talking about my pairing, Joanne said, well, just pour some over some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Yeah, I mean, it would be great. Because this, I mean, I'm I'm about to finish my glass and I haven't even got cake yet. I I mean I think it's great. It's got that bright acidity that you want to kind of wake everything up, but then it's it's got that layer of sweetness that just kind of takes over, and just it it's a really great finish. Like I, I agree. I don't know how you feel. I mean the pairings have been good, but this is something that doesn't need anything. This well, pair that's is right. That's why I struggled. This pairs well with hair. <laughs> like I've like I've said before, you know what's the great pairing with this air, a cool, 
you know, a, in a, a night in Arkansas where you can sit outside and and enjoy a cooler weather. Which how you been liking these cooler days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I fine. mean, you know, it's only getting up like it's in the seventies in the morning and six or six, even sometimes it's been in the sixties. Joanne's up in Milwaukee, and they were complaining because it was 80-something degrees. I'd be like, I'd be quiet. <laughs> I wore sweatpants to the grocery store this morning. Yeah. And it was, because it was 75 degrees, and I was like, it's kind of it's chilly out. 25 degrees lower than we've had before. So this is a store-bought Italian cream cake, right? Yes. Edwards. Does mom usually make cream cheese icing? Yes. Okay, this is not cream cheese icing, by the way. Mm. Well, I don't have much more to talk about. Well, let's talk about this pairing then. Let's just kind of get into it. How are you? So I've been talking a lot about this, the taste of this. So why don't, why don't you just, just stop staring at the screen and just tell us what you, tell us what you think about the drink. Go, just go, oh, kind of go through it. it. I love it. And, you know, when we talked about doing a liqueur, it's like, I went on the web, and, okay, or a liquor. Okay, what's all the Italian liquors? And it's like, lemon jello, I mean. To me, it was like a, it was like a no-brainer. It's like I'm gonna do that because, and I was worried that about finding it, right? But liquor store had it. So, what's your, so what's your first memory of, of a limoncello? Like, when was it? Do you remember the first the time Italian you had a couple? Well, it was here in, in Little Rock. Yeah. Wow. So that was like that was in the 2000s. I think they bought it in 2008. So it was in that time frame. Wow. So only, so that was about the same time that I was in Italy. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy that we both experienced limoncello around the same time, for the first time around the same time. Okay. Not in our lives, but at the same calendar time. Because this was one of the ones that I, you know, I was able to try. Like I had a small taste of it when I was over in Italy. And it was, it was amazing. After dinner drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of that, that story? No, that was Amaretto. Okay. Remind me next week and I'll tell that story because okay. that is one of my favorite stories to tell. It's one of my favorite stories to tell from my time in Italy. Oh my gosh. And I almost I almost did Amaretto yeah. just because of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we don't have really any good Amarettos here in the state. I mean, all we have is decent run Well, they make one. This same company does. Yeah. But I don't think we have it here. Yeah, I think the only Amaretto, there may be two Amaretto that are sold in Arkansas. Di Sereno and then like De Krups, mm-hmm. cheap A Amaretto. Right. So I didn't want to do that. So how's it, how's it going with the cake? It goes good with the cake. Of course, the cake's one of those things. It, it goes good with air. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Italian cream cake. To me, it was like a no-brainer to do a tag and cream tag to go with this lemon jello. You know now, this? I'm noticing more and more as it warms up, I'm getting more of the alcohol of the lemon jello. See, I'm getting more lemon. Well, I th- I'm getting more lemon, too, but I'm getting where the alcohol oh, is presenting itself, Yeah, the back of my throat. Yeah, it's hotter. It is presenting hotter. Mm, right. In the, and that's, that is, you know, kind of warming up. And so that's, <laughs> have we talked to, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about how in Europe beers serve warmer than here mm-hmm. in the States. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm always very wary of 
places that serve beer super, super cold. Right. Because it kills, you know, you can't really taste it mm-hmm. as well as it is. But I, I, do, I do agree with you that, that alcohol is presenting itself in the back, in, mm-hmm. in the, at the top of my throat mm-hmm. more than it was when it was super cold. Mm-hmm. You know, this would be a fun, fun one to have out of a, like a, an ice shot. You know, the little shot glasses you, you can make with, that are out of ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a cool way to serve this because mm-hmm. it's, because it does really well when it's cold. I don't know how it would do when it waters down, but. I don't either. Yeah. Well, well anything, anything else about this before well, we. Not really. I mean, it, it's a, it's a good drink. It's a good Italian drink. I'm sure when we're. In Italy, I could get it either way. Oh, yeah. So, let me ask you this. How do you think this would go with a Blitzkaka? Oh, fine. And, okay, so for those of you that don't know, a Blitzkaka is a Norwegian cake. Blitz wet, Kaka's cake in Norwegian. So, So it's it's a a wet cake. And it's basically angel food cake, multiple layers. And the way it gets wet is you pour uh, the strawberry juice and put it, the strawberries on top. And it's it's got kind of a... It's got kind of like the nuts, the nuts and everything, yeah. kind of Italian cream Very cake. Very more. Yeah. I think that would be a really interesting pairing to do with that strawberry flavor. and Because mm-hmm. the nuttiness that Italian cream cake brings adds kind of a... That kind of earthy balance to the to the drink as well. Mm-hmm. So when it, when it's my birthday, which is in April, I alternate between Italian cream cake and Blutzkaka. <laughs> yeah. What what cake do you want this year, John? <laughs> and, well, it depends on my birthday is April sixth. So if the strawberries are in by then, which is rare, which is rare, but if it's been dry enough, hot enough. And not wet where the strawberries got wash out, washed out, or or got the fungus, then it's it's blitzkaka. Yeah, and see, mom hates when she asks me that because I love strawberry cake, mm-hmm. and my birthday's in November. Yeah, <laughs> so. no strawberries around there. <laughs> you you rarely have strawberries around, or if you do, they're from the other side of the world at that point. Right. Well, are I'm you, ready to switch over. You're ready for something absolutely completely different than the, yeah. what you just had? It's it's definitely different because the color. Oh yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just looking at them totally different on the color. I mean, this looks like good sun tea. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. That uh-huh. deep kind of amber amber brown color and that limoncello is kind of that uh off <laughs> yellow bright. Radioactive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is the Amaro Montenegro. And like I said, this is going to be 100% completely different than what we just drank. But yeah, this is the Amaro Montenegro. Pairings we have with this are lemon strawberry biscotti. We have some dark chocolate and then some apple blossoms. Now, these apple blossoms are basically an apple crumble kind of put mm-hmm. up together. Uh, so it's pie crust, apple spices, with a little bit of oatmeal on, on top. Uh, they you made came... those too? <laughs> no. I <laughs> bought them. <laughs> I bought them and then I cooked them. Uh, they came from they came from Trader Joe's as well as the chocolate. Oh, okay. 
And to be honest, there's there a preferred order. There is no preferred order with this. Okay. Um, so like my dad talked about it with his liquor, it being an aperitif or a digestivo, uh, mine is a digestivo. So mine is definitely an after dinner drink. All right. It is also used in cocktail and cocktail making. Amaro's are. Well, I didn't mention it, but there are cocktails on the on the Limoncello website. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you can definitely use that at a cocktail. But Amaro, like the style of liquor, is is used in cocktails quite often as a bittering agent. And so this has been around since 1885. Uh, Amaro in Italian actually means bitter. Okay. So it's it's going to be it's going to be bitter. Uh, it's going to be extremely like I said. Well, after this it, sweet sweet that we just had, it's going to be it's so going to be extremely bitter. bitter. It's going to yeah. I'm it, cleaning my palate right now. The first couple of sips are probably going to be just horrid. Mm. I mean, it to me is it would be kind of like you know going from the hot tub to the pool, <laughs> like you know that that hard transition from the hot tub to the pool where. You, you oh, jump okay. in the pool and it's I it's absolutely freezing. But uh this Amaro, like I said, has been around since eighteen eighty five and it is extremely unique. Uh Amaros are are liquors that are based in herbaceous bitter note mm. bitter notes. Mm. Uh most of them have to like do some of the same soaking method like like a limoncello. This one, this one, a lot of people say is one of the most unique, uniquely created Amaros in the entire world. Oh, really? This comes from 40 different botanicals. Oh, my goodness. That monk started? Uh, no. Okay. It, was, it was made, it was actually created just by an entrepreneur. And they had a, they had a different name, but when, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I work to clean my palate. <laughs> uh, it's 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 just it's going to happen. So the name the name that it came down to is an ode to a local royalty, uh, Princess Elena of Montenegro, mm-hmm. who ended up marrying the prince and then who became the king of Italy back in the in the eight, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Oh, okay. So you know, ode to her. This comes from Bologna which is kind of the northwestern, which is in, in the northwestern part of Italy. Okay. So if you think of Italy as the boot, uh, you know, at the top where it kind of looks like it ruffles out where mm-hmm. the Alps are, we're kind of up in that upper, in the upper right side, or excuse me, the upper left side. Okay. So let's go ahead and take a taste of it. So right. it, it's, it's, a, it's a tea, it's a dark tea-colored liquor. Let's, what are you smelling? It, it's got some red tinge to it. Yeah. Kind of amber. That's why. That's why it makes me think of a sun tea. And for those of you that don't know what a sun tea is, huh. welcome to the south. <laughs> it's right. where you take a bunch of iced tea bags, you put them in a jar, or or tea, leaves. or just or just tea. Yeah, but most of the time it's luzerna. Let's be honest. Yeah. And you put it in a thing of water, and you put it on your back porch where it gets in the sun. You leave for three or four hours, and it brews the tea, so you're not actually using the heat of your house. Right. But it has that kind of color, and you're right; it does have kind of that reddish amber color to it. I'm trying to figure out what's on the nose. It's it's crazy. It it's like this nutmeg, cinnamon, bitter. It reminds me. It reminds me of Angostura bitters a little bit. Okay, 
which has some of those uh-huh. some of those kind of well, that's what I was notes getting. to it. Blow something, you know, nutmeg, cinnamon, all and of that. There's some citrus in there as well, kind of in the background. It doesn't smell bitter. It smells like it's actually going to be a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of like bitter herbaceousness back there. But on the palate. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little bitter. It's not as bitter as I was expecting it to be. Because when we're talking tomorrows, we're talking the same classes like Fernet. Mm-hmm. Fernet Branca, for those of you who know what that is. It is a super bitter. I mean, Jägermeister is also technically an Amaro. Oh, really? It's not an Italian Amaro. It's a German Amaro. Yeah, okay. Or Austrian. I can't remember. But it is an Amaro. Okay. So... This is one, when I was doing some research on it, a lot of people call it a gateway Amaro. So it has some of that bitter sweetness to it. It has that bitterness to it, but it also has some sweetness to it that kind of lets you dip your toe into the pool of Amaros and kind of see what it's like. This is amazing because it it's not bitter on the front of your tongue. It's bitter on the back of your throat and then going down in... Yeah, your your esophagus, and, right, and to your stomach, and then it's like it's there, and it's like my stomach's bitter, <laughs> right? Well, and so that's the so that's the whole point of a digestivo is to wake up your digestive system, to wake up your it's stomach, doing it to say, hey, okay, yeah, you just ate a fantastic meal, but it's time to work. Mm. So that's the whole point of these digestivos, and that's why they're usually a little bit bitter. And technically, Campari uh-huh. and Aperol mm-hmm. are both bitters, or wow. both amaros. So that's one of the reasons that I went for this one mm-hmm. over a bunch of other liquors that I could. So, but when I was going into it, you know, they talk about I, I you know, I mentioned that it comes from forty different botanicals, wow. and then they talk about the seven notes of this, and the seven notes are bitter. Or herbaceous, a spicy floralness, mm-hmm. which I kind of get some of that florality mm-hmm. to it. Sweet and roasted, mm-hmm. balsamic-y. Oh, has some of that, you know, that kind of bitter, uh, acidic balsamiciness. Fruity, mm-hmm. tropical, and then the seventh one is what they call ir, uh, il primio. Hmm. Now it's not il. Primo, right. so Il Primo would be the first, but Il Primio is the the gift. Oh, wow. And after we try a little bit, I'm going to talk about how this is made, and it's, just, it's absolutely fascinating. But, I, I mean, I just can't stop drinking it. It's good. I mean, it's <laughs> it's another one of those acquired tastes. I mean, so, Steven, your friend that yeah. did, <laughs> didn't like the Negroni, right? he would not like this. I don't think. I don't know. I think. I think it's the. I think it's a little bit different. It's different, but it's bitter. Well, yeah, but it's also got some sweetness to it. Whereas, I mean, let's be honest. When you have two super bitter things on top of each other, mm-hmm. gin, in my opinion, gin and Campari. Yeah, you need a lot of sweet. But you're you're probably right. He probably he probably would not like this. Sneak some of that onto him next time you see. <laughs> Maybe. So when you're gone. I think I'm going to have, I'm going to try and have him, Dave, and Kevin on again. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do something in Liquor Week 
and maybe I'll blind the boys. Oh, that sounds like fun. On something, and they'll collectively try to figure out. Yeah, maybe it'll be this. Blind them on this. <laughs> so, so, I see you eating as well as I am some of that biscotti. Biscotti's good. And so, it's got a look. It's not sweet, sweet. But it's got enough sweetness that it helps counteract that bitterness. Mm-hmm. So, it's truly a contrast to this drink. But they're not, you know, they're not made in heaven or anything. Well, it's a good pair. It's a, it's a good pairing. Yeah, and I, I really think that this is, this is honestly just made to sip by mm-hmm. itself. Right. You know, for a half an hour. Right. Have a pour of it, finish your meal for the next half hour, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. it does, it kind of, it, it heightens a little bit of the bitterness mm-hmm. to it. Um, I do taste more citrus, but there's citrus in the biscotti. Mm-hmm. So I think that is that's partially what it is over the actual like drink showing that. Tell us how it's made when you are ready. I'm gonna finish this bite. Yeah. I'm gonna do another sip and then I'll tell you how it's made because it's it's absolutely fascinating. Definitely contrast of the two drinks. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They are very, very different. This is not something I expect a lot of Americans to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think they could enjoy it, but I don't know if they would. Right. Okay. So, while I'm going through this, go ahead and hit hit the other pairings. All right. So, like I said, 40 different botanicals. Now, they take the botanicals and they boil them to kind of in, you know get that, get the flavors out of them to kind of have a, some sort of solution that have that botanical in it well after that some of them are taken and they're turned into extracts Mm. so they take that and they take those extracts which extracts are herbs or things soaked in an alcohol-based solution Mm -hmm. and so they they take them and they make those into into a extract and then they take that they take all that they distill it I don't know if they distill them separately or how they choose what's distilled together. Mm. And they make 12 different essences. Out of the 40. Out of the 40. Hmm. So we're from 40. We're, well, we're possibly from 40 down to 12. And you'll, you'll kind of understand that when I get to the end. So you have these 12 essences. And they take these 12 essences and they blend them together to follow the first six notes that I talked about. Okay. So these essences kind of follow along that and they blend them together to kind of make this amalgamation. After that, they add water, sugar, and alcohol yeah. to kind of get it to the consistency and the alcohol level, which mm-hmm. is 23%. Okay. Uh, most Amaros are lower in alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is where it gets weird. Then they make the premio. They micro distill five unique botanical like micro distilling together to get this gift mm. which is the El Premio alright and then they add it to the rest the proportions of which are one drop per bottle what and it and it, it is the key to make it what it is uh-huh. so we're talking for every 15,000 bottles one liter of this gift. Oh my gosh. Goes into it. 
And that must be some potent stuff. Exactly. And I'm thinking, well, what, like, back in the history of making this, who thought, who tasted it and was like, uh, it's missing something. It's missing something. Oh, yeah. I and know. The, just this the, drop the trial it. and error of this to, to come. It's like alchemy. It's like potion making. Exactly. And the bottle. Are you sure it wasn't the nuns or the It or didn't the monks? say anything. <laughs> it didn't say anything about any religious experience with this. Well, it sounds like one. <laughs> it does. But it, like, it sounds like alchemy. It sounds like magic. It's it like, sounds like. It's like somebody woke up in the middle of the night and go, oh, I got it. Yeah, we need. I need this. I need this type of flavor, and these things are going to give it to me. And I only need this much. Right. Well, and you know, talking about the potion making or the alchemy of the the creation of this this liquor, if you'll notice, the bottle is extremely unique. Yeah. And they did that intentionally okay. to make it to have that kind of era of alchemy or mm-hmm. potion, and. I, you will never see a bottle like it. Right. You will never see another bottle like it in, in the liquor or the wine or the beer market. Because it really does just has this, like you expect it to be in Harry Potter on the shelf in, in Snape's <laughs> office. <laughs> and who knows, maybe it was. Maybe he was drinking it. But well, right. But it, it's so fascinating to me that one drop of this seventh flavor just makes it. Well, and it's amazing. It's fascinating amazing something that they started out with 40 yeah. botanicals maybe got it down to 12 and then it's like still missing something yeah they blend it together and they're like okay this is good but it still needs something well i mean if you want to do the math it could be they were at 35 uh-huh. botanicals right and got it down mixed them together it's like well we need we need a we need some more <laughs> it's like Monkey 47 plus one drop. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's insane. Like, and I know they don't actually like take a dropper and put it in the bottle because, you know, it's hugely batch made. Well, yeah, they're taking that one liter and throwing it in some big vat. But if you think about it, 15,000 15, bottles. So 15,000 times 750. Right. I mean, that's, that's huge. Right. And it's only one liter? <laughs> like... Yeah, it, it's 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 so incredible to me, but the taste of this. But they, who is, knows what it is? There is one guy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And it it's so <laughs> it, it follows that tradition. That dude better not die. Well, if he does, it's the recipe is is willed with. A, if he doesn't get to explain it to who's next, the recipe is it's in willed. the safe. It's willed to the next person yeah. who's in line, and you know they don't call him. Master distillers. They don't call them master amaro makers. They're herbalists, alchemists. So the ma- the <laughs> yeah. They, but no, his actual title is 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 an herbalist, herbalist. Yeah. an herbalist mm. who is the one that comes in and picks out the act. You know, ma- gets all those botanicals together. They're the one that has the oversight of. It's amazing. And it's good. Yeah. Like it's not as bitter. I knew it was going to be bitter. Yeah, but it's not as bitter as I would expected expecting and i can totally see how this is a gateway to other amaros because uh-huh. it gets you on that track of like bittersweet chocolate uh-huh. you know if you like bittersweet chocolate then you're gonna go try the 65 percent chocolate 
right. and the seventy percent, and then you're gonna find your level of okay, cacao. Speaking like. of which, you got chocolate on our butt. What? It didn't Cocoa say. Is it? It it didn't say. It's oh. probably sixty, okay. sixty to sixty-five. But it it is considered. It looks darker than that. It's Belgian bittersweet. Well, and I say that because they had a seventy percent bar uh-huh. that was actually labeled, and this one wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's around sixty to sixty-five percent. That's pretty better. No, I think it's more than sixty. So are you are you shocked by this? By this Am liquor? I shocked? No, I'm shocked by the story. Oh yeah. No, the bitter. You know, you you kind of warned me about the bitterness before we tasted it. But and that's not what stunned me. It's just the amazing part of forty botanicals down to twelve. Oops, one more drop. Okay, we're good. Yeah. This is probably the best pairing I've ever had with chocolate. With dark chocolate. Yeah. Like the move over people who love red wine. Mm-hmm. Move over port. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? So I tried the chocolate first and it was pretty bitter. And then with the drink, the bit the bitterness of the drink just smoothed out the bitterness of the chocolate. It's not like I'm going to make a s'more with that chocolate, though. Right. It smoothed out the chocolate on that first sip. Mm-hmm. But then the next sip of the Amaro that you take, bitterness of the Amaro is gone. Right. You have all that, like, I get that balsamiciness. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that aged vinegariness. I get that fruitiness, that tropical, that tropical kind of note, which I wasn't getting. The tropical one, I was, definitely wasn't getting before. And it's only twenty three percent. Yeah, like I'm, I'm getting that, that like almost pineapple or banana leaf kind of, kind of flavor. I am, I am extremely, I'm extremely surprised by this, and very, very. You'd never had it before, right? I've actually never had, I've never had this amaro before. I have that, I've had other amaros before, but I have not actually had amaro Montenegro before. Yeah. But it came up in a lot of my searches as a great Amaro to have. Mm-hmm. And it was 35 or $39 in the liquor store. Not that expensive. No, and if you're only having a couple ounces after you know, right. after a meal, bottles can last you a while. It's versatile. You can use it in cocktails where you have Amaros or you know extra bitters that are going on. And the limoncello, I think, was 30 No, it's it's 30 Oh. On the bottle 30. So I saw you taste it with the apple. How'd it go? No, I was talking about the price. Oh, the price Price point was 29 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The apple crisp is fantastic. You said that was store-bought. Mm-hmm. So the reason I picked the apple was when I was doing research about Amaro. Trying to figure out a third backup just in case my other stuff was out. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw a an article that was talked about five Amaros to pair with your Thanksgiving pies. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. And Amaro Montenegro came up. I think it was actually with the pecan pie. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> that would be really good. But, I mean, so next time, I mean, if, I know we're getting, you know, we're before Thanksgiving, giving, but we're heading into the fall season of going to people's houses and eating. Mm-hmm. If we can get a handle on COVID, you know, rather than bringing a bottle of wine, 
or something with your pie, well, bring a bottle of this. Or a limoncello? I don't think the limoncello would go well with... No, aperitif. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about if you're bringing a pie. Oh, if you're bringing a pie, yeah, bring that. Right, but... Or if you know know there's going to be apple pie, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, bring a bottle of this, you know. You don't have room to... To bring a pie. You're always bringing like three bottles of wine. I'm talking about other people, not oh. me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm telling other people what they can do. Right. To kind of, you know, show something different. And, you know, now you have a conversation piece mm-hmm. and it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, another bottle that's going to sit on the side. Right. It's actually something that would pair well and go. And, you know, other people might enjoy it too. So, this was good. not your first choice. Not your second choice. It was my third choice. But it's really, really good. It is extremely good. It might should have been your first choice. <laughs> well, I was, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I haven't had this one before. Other Amaros that I've had have been a lot more bitter. Mm. You think it's uh, more bitter than uh, Campari? This? Yeah. That was no. Good. I think it's going to, I think it would present less bitter. Mm-hmm. But other Amaros I've had, like Burnett. Amaro, Amaro Nonino, and some of those other ones that I've had, and even some of the French Amaros, mm-hmm. are more bitter forward mm-hmm. than this one. So this is really good. It goes, it goes, it goes so well with that apple pie. It does. And I'm, I think you ought to blind the boys on that one. Yeah, and I'm not a pecan pie person, but I can see how that would go so well with pecan pie. I think better. Than I think apple. it would go better with the app than the apple. Yeah, yeah, because it's got a lot of nuttiness to it, and that herbaceous. the nuttiness, the earthiness. Yeah, I mean pecans aren't bitter by any stretch of the imagination. They have that like meaty just kind yeah. of feel. Yeah, but that you know the Cairo syrup and or for those of you maybe from the north, we're talking about Cairo nut pie. <laughs> a Cairo nut pie. That's yep. really good. Well, so are we uh, Are we up to uh, best on plate? I am. Okay. So I got it all figured out. All right. So why don't you go ahead and go first with your plate? What's best on your plate? Let's see. I thought I had it figured out. I was about to say. I was like, what's taking <laughs> you so long? <laughs> I mean, I, I love the Italian cream cake. Yeah. It by itself would have probably been best on plate. But the, the two crisps were so different. The Parmigiano crisp was my best on plate. Yeah. That was that was ext- that was very very good. I'm a little disappointed in the Gruyere crisp. Right. I thought it was going to be best on plate. Yeah. But because of the oiliness of it mm-hmm. and the texture, it just didn't seem to go as well. Yeah, I actually really like that fattiness to it, and I—I well, I, I like it. It I just didn't pair. As I well. can't decide between the two crisps, to be honest, because they were so. I mean they they both they both hit it extremely well. Well, I started not to do the the parmigiano. Well, I started well, just do two. I mean, you should. I mean, if you're going to cut out one, you should have cut out the Gruyere because you know French versus Italian. I, I mean, know. Come but, on. I know. But I, I, you know, I really enjoyed both of them. If I had to pick one, I think I might pick the Gruyere because I liked that fattiness. Yeah, I like that extra fattiness yeah. with the oily, with the the acidity of the lemon. Because that right was there with you. Because when I was eating that one, 
that was the one where I started thinking of the shrimp cocktail, mm-hmm. the lobster, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Cra- I mean, crab cakes. That'd be great with crab cakes, too. The other thing on this Limoncello website is foods you can cook using Limoncello oh. in the food. Oh, cool. And I'll have to research that more. Yeah. Now that we have that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think mom's just going to drink it by itself. Oh, she, she might. might. Have, might a little bit, but not mostly. If she's going to drink something aperitif it's, or, or uh, dessert, dessert it's going to be Irish cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five Farms. Five Farms is, yep. is her jam. All right. What about what about on my plate? What was your best on plate for mine? The apple crisp. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with the with the chocolate because of how it evolved the more you tasted each one. I think that's, yeah. That was. That's a good point. That was, that was really cool and how the, the chocolate just kind of, like the Amaro took the bitterness of the chocolate away and then you took another sip of the Amaro mm-hmm. and it, it took away all the bitterness of mm-hmm. the Amaro. Right. It was. Right. Exactly. It was, it was really, really good. Well. Let's see. I think we're... Are we doing a liquor blind? I think it's time for the blind. All right. All right, let's get it poured up. All right. All right, so we got this blind poured up. And here we go. All right, so this is a crystal clear liquor. Uh, There's no color. Yeah. No real color to it. It is water white. You know, there's some pretty slow... Slow moving on the viscosity of this, so the alcohol is going to be up there. On the nose. <laughs> uh, so, it smells of orange and citrus. <laughs> it also smells of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's quite high on the alcohol level. It's a liquor, Josh. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's there are some liquors you smell that burn your nose hairs, and there are some you smell that doesn't. Right. This one definitely burns the nose hairs. Okay. Yeah, so orange pith, orange zest, maybe a little orange juice. Not really any other notes on the nose besides orange. Mm. It's definitely sweet feeling. It has that kind of extra, it has that extra viscosity to it. Uh, So I'm pretty sure that this is a liqueur of some sort. And confirming all of that, that wonderful orange flavor. That uh, sweeter style orange. It's not vitamin orange. Oh, man. It's not vitamin orange. It's not uh, candied orange. It just has that really good orange kind of flavor to it. There's obviously no oak usage on this. It is a clear distillate. Uh, so it's not really based in anything else. As kind of an undertone to that. I think that this is obviously it's an orange liqueur, a triple sec, a triple sec style of orange liqueur. So it's not like a Grand Marnier or anything that uses a cognac base or some other, some other kind of uh, distillate as, as its base. And because it tastes extremely familiar <laughs> and smells extremely familiar to me, I think that this is Salerno. You think it's Salerno? I do. Is that your final this choice? Is, this is my <laughs> final answer. Yeah. Is that it, it's Salerno because it's familiar. It's orange. It 
reminds me of my margaritas a little bit. So, oh yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is a this is Solarium. Well, there you have it. Well, there we go. That so you take long. I know. And you're gonna have to come back in two weeks to That's find right. out if I am right or if I am right. And so next, what you said? I, I said <laughs> what I said. So next week we are doing Italian cocktails. We're gonna be like I said. We're in a ramp up to Dad going to Italy for a month. I'm very excited and jealous for him. Uh, we're gonna have a good time talking about Italy. And drinking some great Italian cocktails. So, Dad, what cocktail are you doing next week? I'm going to do the Villa Massa and Tonica. Villa Massa and Tonic. So, limoncello and tonic. Yeah. That's going to be really good. It, it, it looks good here on the website. I've yeah. never had it, but uh, sounds good. And I, I'm going to be doing the Italian classic Bellini. Ooh, that sounds good. Another, another northern Italian cocktail. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time. We're gonna definitely stay away from the Negronis because neither Dad nor I are real big Negroni fans. So it's gonna be a good time. Come back and listen to us chit chat about Italy and talk about our cocktails for a little bit, and we're just gonna have a great time. So we, you definitely will. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. If you're thinking about planning a trip to Italy, you're gonna hear a lot about it next week. So come on back. Remember to follow us on all of our socials. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Most active on Instagram. We are at Acquired Tastings on all platforms except Twitter, where we are at Acquired Tasting. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you like what we're doing, please go in there and give us some stars or rating. We would love to have you write down a review to see what you like, what you don't like about us. Reach out to us on our social platforms or send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com. If you have any episode ideas or yeah. just want to chit-chat with us, it would be great to hear from you. We love right. we love talking with you guys and hearing what you like, what you don't like. And, you know, we've been doing this for, what, almost not quite a year and a half, a year and a quarter now. This is episode 64. So we're, uh, we're trucking right along, and we love to know what you guys like as we're moving forward. Well, Dad, another great podcast. Oh yeah, this was a fun one. Yeah, it's I think this ramp up to Italy is gonna be gonna be a real good time. So once again I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>